like, and subscribe. Disheveled? I don't look disheveled. You look disheveled. I don't even know what that means. What? Are we live? Oh. Hello, fight fans, and welcome, my fellow one percenters, to the one, the unofficial, unauthorized, and definitely unsponsored podcast of the One Fighting Championship. And we are here at episode nine. We're almost into double digits. Wow. That's all I could say is wow, fight fans. We've made it this far, you know. I put out an episode last week, got almost 400 views. And for a two-hour-long podcast, that's pretty good. So I just want to thank all the fans who are contributing, who are liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. Thank you for your uh, continued commitment to this uh, to this growing podcast and uh, for, your, for uh, everything you're doing to help make this thing even bigger than it is already. And for those of you who aren't liking, who aren't subscribing, who aren't uh, sharing with your friends, you know, all I could say is that, uh, you need to pick up the slack, you know, when you're in line at the unemployment line or, or, or you're at your local watering hole where you spend more time than you do with your kids, tell your friends, Hey, I have a podcast. You're just going to love the host Dave Moore. He's great. Excellent bone structure. Uh, you're just going to love it. And uh, what, and here's what you could do. You could play it on loop. Uh, while you sleep, you know, I don't really care if you're listening to it or not. Um, but now would be a perfect time, you know, to go ahead, put your hand on that mouse, hit that like, hit that subscribe, leave a comment, positive or negative. I really don't care. It could be negative. It, it, it all helps me out. That way, I'll be on my way to becoming a rich, successful podcaster. Women will lust after me the way they lust after Ariel Hawani. It'll be a beautiful thing, people. And you could say you were there. You helped do this. So let's go. Let's go. We've got a lot going on this week. Uh, just like last week, you know, I, I, I'm still feeling a little bit under the weather here, but, you know, just trying to hang tough in there and get this episode out for you folks. And, uh, I know this is the, uh, only highlight for some of your, uh, uh, lives at all. You know, you, uh, you owe money to your baby mama and you, you, you don't have a job and you don't have a lot of friends, you know, all your friends have gone out to have families and stuff like that. And so this is, uh, uh, it's important for you to get this, uh, enjoyment from the, uh, the one championship podcast, the unofficial podcast of the one fighting championship. So. Even though I'm sick and I've been busy with work and things like that, I wanted to make sure I get this episode out to you. So here we are. We're recording. Hopefully I get it edited and out to you before um, before it's too late. I'm recording on a Thursday, so I think I'll probably have this out to you Friday. But hey, as long as we get it out before the weekend, that's what's important. And uh, like I said, you know, more people are listening now. We've got more subscribers. If you're if you're if you're a listener, if you're a regular listener and you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe. Uh, it means a lot to me to, to see those subscriber numbers going up as well as the uh, viewership going up. We've got our Cider of the Week here. If I'm going to have any chance of making it through this episode, I'm going to need my Cider of the Week. And this is a cider by Teton Cider Works from Washington, where all the best cider's from. And it's a bourbon barrel, bourbon barrel peach cider. And let's give this a try here. 
6.9% alcohol by volume. This is going to be a good episode. All right, let's give it a try here. Oh, yeah, that's good. Has a good flavor profile. What's all this? Um, tasting notes. It's semi-sweet. Juice from hand-picked Washington State peaches is married with the richness of dry fly bourbon barrels. This creates the perfect balance of sweet, ripe peaches and tartness of green apples. The charred oak of bourbon barrels gives the cider a deep vanilla and premium character. A touch of oak tan and finishes the cider off perfectly. I wonder if these guys enjoy the smell of their farts. Based on what they wrote on the side of this can, I would guess they do. All that aside, that's a pretty good cider. All right, so we'll start off with uh, with the UFC action from the weekend. And UFC had an event uh, in which we saw Jared Cannonier face off against Marvin Vittori. And uh, the fight, the fight night opened up with some uh, good finishes. You know, this fight uh, wasn't anything that was going to blow your hair back, as they say, um, which is kind of what we expect from a lot of these, um, a lot of these um, Apex and and non pay per view uh, shows. You know that that does tend to happen a lot. But we did have some highlights. You know, in the flyweight division, can we can we just take a pause button here? Can we take a pause button on this whole, now that Amanda's retired, we're getting rid of featherweight, women's featherweight. I personally want to see a bunch of giant uh, Amazons slugging it out in what is essentially women's heavyweight. You know, that's just me. I think we can make that happen. Just remember, at one point, Dana White wanted to get rid of the flyweight division. And now flyweight division, men's flyweight is popping. It's one of the best divisions in the UFC. Let's not get crazy here. Anything's possible. Case in point, Alessandro Costa defeating Jimmy Flick. Vicious elbow from Alessandro Costa. And it's getting to the point where there, there's so many good guys at uh, one men's 125 in the UFC, it's hard to keep track of all of them. It seems like every event there's a new um, contender in men's 125. So that's going to be an exciting uh, division to watch. And Alessandro Costa, if he could keep on putting on violent performances like he did uh, over the weekend, he's got a lot of promise. Speaking of promising, you know, the country of Mexico, with the exception of Irene Aldana's uh, poor performance two weekends ago, continues to deliver in the world of MMA. We got uh, Manuel Torres, a new star out of Mexico shutting off the lights on Nicholas Mota. I mean, this this finish was so violent, they didn't even show it on the highlight on ESPN MMA Instagram page. They only showed the ending. That's how violent this dude is. And then he dropped the, you can't see me afterwards. I mean, come on, come on. This is a guy who's going to be a big, big star in the UFC. Another Mexican star we got coming out. And uh, it's just exciting to see that that country is delivering such MMA talent for a country that loves uh, combat sports and fighting as much as they do. It's really cool to see. Pat Sabatini also competed over the weekend. You know, people say I don't like uh, fights that don't end in a finish, that I don't like grappling. And I like grappling. It just has to be good grappling and it has to be exciting. And that's exactly what Pat Sabatini delivered uh, at UFC Vegas 75. You know, he fought Lucas Almeida and just took him down within the first couple seconds of the fight and completely dominated him, put on a wrestling clinic, 
wipe the mats with them, whatever you want to say. It was an amazing performance and, uh, and, and just dominated. And, uh, you know, it shows you Sabatini, you know, despite the, uh, despite the, uh, previous loss, you know, this, this guy's back on track and he's going to be doing bigger and better things in the UFC. Another guy we had no doubt that was going to do bigger and better things in the UFC is Armin Saryukian. You know, Armin Saryukian is one of those guys. He's too good. He's too good. When I, I watched him make his, his UFC debut against a fighter named Islam Makachev. Have you heard of that guy? It was a very close fight. Very close. Split decision, if I remember correctly. And I knew then Saryukian something special because I knew how good Islam was. He wasn't champion at that point, but I knew how good Islam was. So when I saw Armin Saryukian deliver that performance that he delivered, I knew we were seeing great things. And this guy's too good to too good to be in the UFC. Nobody wants to fight him, you know. UFC's fake tough guy business, you know, that's MMA. And and uh, you know, he ended up having to fight Joachim Silva. Actually, a uh, a teammate of his because now Saryukin is down at American Top Team, and this was a good matchup for him. You know, Silva is a huge one fifty five er, and he actually connected on Saryukin in the first round and wobbled him. And that's the kind of stuff you want to see out of a a, a future title contender like Armin Saryukin. But just like everybody expected, eventually Saryukin. Uh, used his grappling advantage, took Silva down and got the finish in the third round. And that's what you want to see. You know, a guy who's this much of a favorite, a, a minus 1,000 favorite, you got to get that finish. And Saryukian delivered it on a much bigger show, Akeem Silva. And let's get this guy some competition in the top five. It's got to happen. Let's get creative. Let's figure something out. This guy has got to be fighting in the top five. Otherwise, he's, his career is going to stall. And a guy this good shouldn't have his career stall. Main event, we saw Jared Cannonier and Marvin Vittori. And, uh, you know, what can I say about this? There was a record that was broke. Jared Cannonier's total significant strikes versus Vittori was 241. That's the most in a single UFC middleweight fight. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, but it's definitely not good if you're, if you're Marvin Vittori, like Cannonier did look great. You know, that's why they say black don't crack. I mean, this guy's 39 years old, you know, he's two years older than me. And he looks like a, he looks like a chiseled statue. He looks like, like polished ebony, you know, he's, he's amazing. And it's, what's even more amazing is that he seems like he's getting better, you know, with John Crouch in his corner, he's came with the right game plan and, you know, just uh, implemented a, a great game, and he looks like he's like he's improving, which is great to see in a 39-year-old fighter. But I got to wonder, what is going on with Marvin Vittori? I mean, Marvin Tori, Vittori at times looks like a world beater out there. He looked in his last fight like he had improved by leaps and bounds, and then he came out in this fight and looked just stale, you know? And, you know, Vittori made it to the end. He's a very tough guy to put away, and, you know, he must, like, for all those headshots that were landing on, he must have cement in his head. And I'm not saying that because he's tough. I'm saying that because he's a moron. Like he he didn't use head movement. He's stupid. He should he needs to move around. He's like in the fight and he's going, oh boppity boopity, I'm getting punched in the head by this big black guy. You know, you gotta have head movement, and his head was right up in the air to get punched by Cannoneer. It's like no wonder Cannoneer broke the record uh for significant strikes because. Vittori was a stationary target to get hit and there was no fainting. There was no head movement. 
And I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to 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 be competitive in the top five of this division if you don't fight defensively. There's too many good guys, you know. And and yes, Vittori is tough. And yes, Cannonier looked good in this fight. But for a guy who was just a standing stationary target, I mean, he made it easy for Cannonier. Um, so I'm not sure what that is. I know Vittori's, Vittori's a good fighter, but we need to see more out of him in the future. Otherwise, his career is going to be short and abrupt. Uh, in the UFC, and he will eventually get finished. So, not not an outstanding night of fights there from uh, the UFC in Las Vegas. That's kind of what we come to expect at times from those UFC Vegas shows. But the good news is we do have some good fights coming up uh, this weekend for the UFC Vegas fight. That's going to be Josh Emmett versus Ilya Teporia in the main event. Yeah, Emmett, Emmett versus Teporia. That's going to be a good card. So, we got... Josh Emmett and Ilya Teporia, you know, Teporia is like a minus 300 favorite. Obviously, uh, obviously, uh, he's probably going to get it done um, within the within the five rounds that he's allotted. Teporia is just on another uh, higher level than a lot of these featherweights. Amanda Hebas taking on Macy Barber. That should be a good fight. Uh, we have the... Uh, Former NFL player Austin Lane making his heavyweight debut against Justin Taffa. That'll be interesting. Brendan Allen's fighting on this card. In the prelim main event, we got Neil Magny versus Phil Rowe. That's going to be a great fight. Randy Brown versus Warrington Terman, another great fight. And then uh, we got Mateus uh, Rombecki making his second uh, lightweight bout. And my lock for this event is going to be Jillian Robertson. Jillian Robertson is, again, competing at Strawberry. She's fighting the number 15, Tabitha Ricci. And I think we are going to see Robertson take Ricci down and finish her in this fight. That's my lock of the, of the night. She's plus 110. Um, you know, if I was a betting man, that's who I'd bet money on in this fight. Got a couple other good fighters. Uh, Trevor Peak, who's got the smallest face of any fighter I've ever seen. His forehead is huge, and like his eyes and nose and mouth are tiny. He looks like a Lego character. So he's fighting. Jamal Amers, uh, Tassuro Tayara, Cedricas Dumas. Looks like a uh, um, looks like a, a professional rapper. So a lot of good fights on this card. This should be a nice change from um, kind of the the uh, quality of fight card we've been getting from the UFC lately. I'm looking forward to it. All right, moving right along. What do we have here? What do we have? An ad read? Okay. Yeah, I can do the ad read. It's fine. It's fine. I got it right here. There's the, I got the copy right here. No big deal. All right, you know we got to keep the lights on in this place. So by doing for for that, we're doing a, a ad read for a new product that we're sponsored by here. And um, this product here, let's see what it says here. Okay, <clears throat> drum roll, please. Introducing. Oh, this is interesting. It's like a health and wellness product. Introducing Uncle Dana's CTE cream. That's right, folks. The cure for CTE right at your fingertips. Literally, just rub it on your head and watch your worries float away. This is a serious thing. This is a product that they're going to be selling. Okay. All right. Now, 
You might be thinking, but wait, isn't CTE a serious condition? I, I certainly thought that. Keep reading? Okay, I'll keep reading. Well, we thought so too, until we found out that the Nevada State Athletic Commission endorses this product. They sanctioned the Power Slap League, so you know if they trust it, then it's got to be good, right? Oh, this is good, at least success stories. Let's Okay, so some people have used this and it's worked for them. Good. Let's talk about some success stories. You remember Jared Gordon, right? He got knocked out so hard in his last fight, we thought he'd be seeing stars for the rest of his life. But guess what? He used Uncle Dana's CTE cream and bam, less than 30 days later, he's back in the UFC, ready to take another hit. Okay. Uh, And how about legendary BJ Penn? He's been using this cream his whole career. Well, he thinks he has. You know, his memory's a little spotty, but hey, it's just a minor detail. The important thing is that he's been kicking ass and taking names. He really hasn't been kicking ass and taking names. He's been doing quite poorly, I, I want to just point out for the sake of Mr. Penn there. Uh, with the help of Uncle Dana's CTE cream. I also did a segment two weeks ago where uh, uh, BJ Penn said that CTE was fake news. So uh, this seems to be conflicting information, but whatever. I'll, I'll keep reading. Okay. Uh, where are we at here? Um, Hold on tight, folks, because it gets even better. Remember Joshua Fabia? Oh, God. Yep, the mastermind behind Diego Sanchez's interesting training methods. Well, he swears by this cream. He recommended it to Diego, and it changed his whole career. Changed it how? Changed it how? Who who needs actual training when you've got Uncle Dana's CT cream and a coach that chases you around the gym with a knife? That is true. He does chase him around the gym with a knife. And here's a little secret we'll let you in on. Tony Ferguson. Oh, Tony. Yeah. The man with the unbreakable spirit drinks an entire tube of this stuff right before fights. Why does he drink it? It's a topical cream. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, folks, if you're tired of living in fear of CTE and want a cream that Dana White personally guarantees to make it all disappear, along with the names of your children and any memories you've made in the last 10 years, that's dark. Trust Uncle Dana's CTE cream today. It may not be FDA approved or scientifically tested or legal to purchase in most states. But hey, it's endorsed by some pretty questionable people. And remember how crazy stem cells sounded 20 years ago? Now Joe Rogan has stem cells in his morning smoothie, so why not give this stuff a shot? Remember, Dana writes CTE cream. What were we talking about again? CTE cream? Where am I? Does anyone else hear a high-pitched ringing noise? Ah! Oh, 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 oh. I, I think I'm okay. I'm okay. The cream. Right, right, right. The cream. Right. When you need a solution that's just as questionable as the sport itself, trust Uncle Dana's magic CTE cream. And now, back to the show. All right. That's good stuff. Now that we got the bills paid, let's get into uh, the reason y'all here. One Friday fights twenty one, and we had a uh, we had a good a good I would say good but not great night of fights on over in uh, Lumpini Stadium in Thailand. You know, um, you know there were there were some good fights, but uh, you know 
we've definitely seen better out of these Friday fights. Some every once in a while we have these Friday fights. That's just a banger. It's like one finish after another, you know, uh, 70% of the fights ended finishes. And, uh, that wasn't this weekend, but we saw some good fights and we, we even saw a really, really good fight. And that's going to be, uh, Xavier Gonzalez of Spain versus Dobdom. I mean, this was my fight of the night. No questions asked. And if you haven't, for whatever reason, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't watched Friday Fights 21, if you don't watch the whole thing, I get it if you're not going to watch the whole four hours. But pause this. Actually, leave it running on loop in the background. Leave this video running on loop in the background. And go watch Xavier Gonzalez versus Dob Dom from Friday Fights 21. It's on YouTube. It's free. It's like the fifth fight on the card. It's an amazing fight. Don't cheat yourself from this. Fight fans, you got to indulge every now and then. For those of you who have already seen it, I'll go over why I think it's such a great fight. You know, there's some fighters that run away when they're hurt. And then there are fighters that take getting hurt as a sign that they need to attack with the utmost ferocity. And fortunately for all the fans fortunate enough to witness this masterclass of violence, you know, Xavier Gonzalez and Dob Dom attack with the utmost ferocity. And this contest, it was like a celebration of violence. There were no losers, you know. Well, Xavier Gonzalez was the loser by a razor close split decision. But rightfully, Chachri Sitcher Chong doled out that 350000 bonus to not only Dob Dom, but also Xavier Gonzalez. And how about the reaction from the crowd in Lumpini Stadium, Bangkok, Thailand, when the Spaniard Xavier Gonzalez started spitting the perfectly fluent Thai in his post-fight interview? Here's a guy who has the it factor and could be a very, very, very big star in one if he stays on the course he's on. You know? So that was my fight of the night for sure. Check it out if you haven't seen it, you know? And then at some point, the road to one champion, Yo Pupa, was awarded a 100K one contract. Because when I did my inaugural coverage of Friday Fight 16, that was the, the uh, second episode I ever did. Yo Pupa was a featured preliminary fight. And he won that fight in impressive fashion. And he was calling for the one contract, but he didn't have the contract at that point. So he apparently got what he was asking for. The other thing he got, which he probably wasn't asking for, um, was the 47 and 8 Antar Kasem from Belarus, who happens to be eight inches taller and I would imagine have a considerable reach on Yod Pupa. Um, you know, in the first, first round, Yod Pupa is going to Yod Pupa and he dropped Antar Kasem with a vicious hook at the end of the first. But unlike most of his opponents, Kasem answered the eight count and makes it out of the first round. In the second, Kasem seemed to be much less affected by the power coming from Yod Pupa and even lands some nice combinations on the Young Destroyer. So that was a very close round. Round three saw Artem Kasem come out super aggressively against the newly minted one contractor, Yod Pupa. Kasem used his reach and range to land a left hook that staggered Yod Pupa and earned him the standing eight count. Shortly thereafter, Yod Pupa is cut by a Kasem fist. The doctor checks it out and Yod Pupa is allowed to continue. Finishes out very strong for the challenger, Artem Kasem. Decision goes to Yod Pupa. To the surprise of everyone, I would say, especially Yod Pupa and Artem Kasem. Very close fight. Yod Pupa slipped, uh, slipped one past the judges there, in my opinion. I thought Kasem got the win. I was watching this fight with a friend. She thought Kasem got the win. Um, but hey, you know, that's, that's fighting. 
Um, Artem Kaysom looked great in that fight. I can't wait to see more of him in the future. And for Yod Pupa, you know, take this as a lesson. You know, you don't have the mark on your record and you get to go into one and and have have some more big fights. Uh, just do better next time. That's all That's all I'd say for that. Good fight, though. Good back and forth fight. One of my favorite fights of the night, Dokmo Pa versus uh, Sensan. No filling out process in this battle of the super gyms, you know, as Sensan representing Fairtax takes on Dokmai Pa of PK Sancha Gym. And this fight took place on a postage stamp, essentially. And all I'll say is that if you want to play that game, you better, if you want to play the game of like fighting on a postage stamp, you better have the chin to handle it. And Sensan does, and Dokmai Pa does not. So towards the end of the first, Dokmai Pa decided to drop his guard and engage, and Sensan. Gladly engaged, and he dropped Dok My Pa with a series of hooks. And, uh, you know, Dok My Pa answered the eight count, only to get finished with seconds left in the first round, you know. Sensan gets a huge finish, and of course, obviously, come on, 350,000 bot bonus. Next up, we had Jack versus Mark, uh, Mardang Lek. And, you know, all I'll say is this, we're on a roll at this point, as we get another crushing first round finish when Jack, great name, by the way, very easy to pronounce, Lands a crushing overhead right that sends uh, Mardang Lack to Queer Street. Happy Pride Month, everyone. Especially Mardang Lack, who's on Queer Street. You know, Mardang Lack answered the eight count, but it was obvious to me that he was compromised. And sure enough, Jack finished him with the very next combination. Amazing win for the Tiger. And, of course, Jack gets that 350000 bot bonus. And, baby, we're flying at this point. Petang Lora versus uh, Rungsang Tawan. Um, you know, they had a great three round fight and, uh, that had, uh, Petang Lor coming out hard and fast in the first with, uh, Rung Sang Tawan gaining steam in the second and third. Everyone was on their th- street for this one. Uh, and the judge gave it to Petang Lor. No problem with that. Great fight. Main event, Paidang versus Kong Suk. You know, Kong Suk's a former two-time Lumpini Stadium champion, 2018 Lumpini Fighter of the Year. You know, so this guy is credentialed and would probably be the favorite to win the fight. But uh, Pei Dang put forth a variant effort, but ultimately Kong Suk had the cleaner technique and was landing the better shots. You know, and that resulted in a unanimous decision victory for Kong Suk. Not the most exciting main event, um, but it was a good fight. Uh, luckily for all of us fight fans, it wasn't the last fight of the night because there was a swing bout. And... Uh, you know, the swing bout featured uh, Mang Kao Kao versus Sun Rock. And the fighter from Myanmar, Sun Rock, landed a left straight on Mang Kao Kao with 15 seconds left in the first. And Mang Kao Kao answered the eight count and Sun Rock cracked him again. And the round ended with Mang Kao Kao looking very wobbled. You know, if that fight would have had 30 more seconds in it, if that round would have had 30 more seconds in it, the fight would have been stopped for sure. You know, but the 60 second break, did do Mankanga well, and he started to mount more offense and momentum in a closely contested second round. And then round three saw furious action for both fighters as they exchanged back and forth. Mankanga landed the knee to the body and dropped Sun Rock in the third. And from there, Mankanga uh, smelled blood in the water and dropped Sun Rock with the knee to the chin to finish Sun Rock, and the stadium goes crazy for the come-from-behind fighter Mankanga showing what the one championship fighter spirit is all about. And Mon Kao Kao takes advantage of this swing bout spotlight, wins the 350,000 bot bonus. I'm excited to see what's next for this young fighter. Great fight. 
Great finish tonight. Even if it wasn't the main event, it was the people's main event. And, uh, you know, besides the fight with uh, Xavier Gonzalez and Dab Dem, that's definitely going to be one of the best fights of the night. Really exciting stuff. Like I said, even when these fights aren't aren't the best we've ever seen, they're still great. It's still worth your time to watch uh, Friday fights. There's always going to be action for you there. So moving on from, from the previous week to next week, we have an exciting night of fights coming up. It's actually like less than 24 hours away at this point at the time, at the time of uh release. So it'll be out within a couple of hours. And, you know, usually these Friday fights, you know, they have great fights and sometimes they'll have big names, but they're not like uh they're not like a, uh, a one fight night or a UFC pay-per-view typically, but that's not going to be the case with one Friday night, one Friday fights, 22. So on one Friday fights 22, we have Arjun Buller facing off against Antona, Anatoly Malikin to unify the one heavyweight title. And that's not the only fight that's on the card. I mean, there's a lot going on on this card. I mean, it's we're, we're really lucky as fight fans. Um, and this is looking like it's going to be a great fight card. Let me go over some of these uh, fights and fighters that we're going to see here. Um, as far as Muay Thai goes, which there's going to be a ton of great Muay Thai fights, we have, uh, Superlek is fighting on this card and so is, uh, Sitachai. And Superlek is the one flyweight kickboxing world champion. And, you know, he's one of the best, you know, Muay Thai fighters, kickboxing fighters in the world. He's fighting a 19-year-old prodigy, Nabal Anan. You know, and I would imagine that a uh, convincing win for this, for the number one ranked Superlek, you know, he's probably going to fight Rod Tang for the Muay Thai belt, if I had to guess. Similarly, Sittai Chai, you know, he's a uh, number two ranked contender and he's fighting an American named uh, Eddie Abasolo. And I would imagine similarly, you know, uh, Sitai Chai gets a convincing finish on uh, Eddie Abasolo. He's probably going to get a title shot as well. So big implications in the fights. We also have a title fight, an interim title fight. You know, right now the uh, the reigning title holder for the uh, strawweight Muay Thai world title, he's out on injury, uh, Joseph Lassiri. So we have a rematch between uh, Prajan Chai and Sam A. And these guys have fought before. And... Uh, you know, Prajan Chai won the fight previously, but that was then, and that was back in 2021. So this is going to be a rematch. It's for an interim title. That's going to be your co-main. And then, of course, the main event. North American fans might be familiar with Arjun Bowler. I was talking to my friend, and she was saying, oh, yeah, didn't that guy fight in the UFC? Yeah, he did fight in the UFC. He was, uh, you know, when he was signed, he was kind of a uh, a hope for a Indian slash Canadian world champion at heavyweight. And there's a reason for that. He's very credentialed. He's a, uh, you know, he's an accomplished wrestler. And, um, you know, he won the, uh, he won the uh, one heavyweight championship back in 2021, beat Brandon Vera to win the title. But that was 2021. And in the meantime, one has had a heavyweight named Anatoly Malikin absolutely destroying the ranks of heavyweights. And the time that 
Bowler's been away. Malikin's been crushing people. And he's the interim champion as well as the light heavyweight champion. And we're going to see those titles unified this weekend. Now, Bowler's an impressive wrestler. There's no question about it. He's an impressive uh, fighter overall. But I don't think he has what it takes to stop Anatoly Malikin. And I do think that Anatoly Malikin has what it takes to stop Bowler's wrestling, you know, which is usually his main weapon against guys. So I think you'll probably see a finish by Malikin sometime in the first or second round. I don't think it's going to go to the, it's going to go all five. I don't think it's going to go to a decision. I think we're going to see that power of Malikin um, put out, put out Arjun Bowler. So uh, I don't know if you want to call that a prediction, but that's what I think is going to happen. But either way, this is an example of, of what one is doing. One is, is, is quietly building these events that are free and available to everyone on YouTube or on Prime Video. And they offer world-class talent and they offer weekly shows. So you tell me, if North American fans realize there's another organization that, like the UFC, offers weekly shows and world-class talent and it has a better rule set, it has... uh, 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 a more uh, fan-friendly style. Maybe the fighters have a better relationship with the promotion. Do you think that North American fans are gonna are gonna catch on and start watching this and and grow this organization? I do. That's my belief. I think you're going to see that a lot. And I think that in the next couple of years, if one keeps putting on events like this that are free and widely available and entertaining and what we assume is going to be a lot of finishes, a lot of exciting fights, I think you'll see a lot of North American fans who, like myself, are going to join the ranks of uh, of the uh, one championship uh, fan base. And, you know, For you as a fan of this podcast, a listener, you could say, oh, man, you know, back in the day, I was one of those early listeners to that one championship podcast, you know, one of the most pivotal podcasts for bringing recognition for one championship to North America. I was in when there was like 30 subscribers, you know, and I liked and subscribed. And uh, when I was uh, at the unemployment office, I'd watch on my uh, on my uh you know, my uh, cricket wireless phone and watch that handsome, handsome jerk, Dave Moore, uh, just really deliver all that amazing, amazing uh, analysis. And I told all my friends and that helped grow the podcast, which in turn helped gain recognition for one championship in North America. I was in early. That can be you. And all I need you to do is grab that mouse Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, put in a comment. Wow. Handsome, handsome, handsome host. Love him. Love how he wears sunglasses inside. I don't think it's annoying. I don't think it's off-putting. And then go hit that share button. Tell your friends, hey, you're going to love this guy. He's obnoxious and intelligent. Everything you like in a man. And there you go. We're going to keep growing this thing together organically until it's the biggest podcast out there. In all seriousness, you know I joke around, but I love you guys. Been kind of a short episode this time, but hey, it's a slow news week. Don't hold me personally responsible. I can only report what what's out there. So 
Until next time, keep tuning in, keep checking out for new episodes. I'll keep putting out the new episodes. All you have to do is keep showing up to listen. And until next time, thank you for listening to The One.